This is Peak Humans episode 156. The Peak Humans podcast is the show dedicated to helping you unlock your full potential and reach the heights of human excellence. Here at the Peak Humans podcast, we delve deep into the minds of exceptional individuals, thought leaders, and experts in various fields to uncover the secrets of peak performance and high performance habits. We're on a mission to bring you world-class insights, tools, and strategies that will empower you to elevate your life, your work, and everything in between. Today's show is with Evan Ryan. Evan is the founder of Teammate AI, which is on mission to automate 10 million human hours by 2030, enabling people to focus more on work that is uniquely human. Evan is also the co-founder of Lead AI, a company which uses AI to automatically write, edit, and publish newspaper articles, all without human intervention. Over the last five years, 700,000 published articles and a prestigious Lion Publishers Technology Innovation of the Year award to its credit. Evan is also the author of the number one Amazon bestselling book, AI, as your teammate, Electrify Growth Without Increasing Payroll. While growing his companies, Evan is a full-time traveler and digital nomad whose favorite places to live so far have been Edinburgh, Scotland, Lyon, France, Valencia, Spain, Mexico City, and the Thai Islands. Today's podcast is lined up with insights and strategies that will captivate you. But before we dive in, we're extending a special offer to high-achieving entrepreneurs who are ready to secure a game-changing edge for their business. Drawing from my experience as a national speaker and trainer for Tony Robbins, where I had the honor of guiding industry leaders like Salesforce and JP Morgan, I've seen firsthand that the key to maintaining a competitive advantage is continuous self-improvement. These top-tier companies always look to push the envelope, and now we're offering the same opportunity to you and your team. Step up your business's performance with our Peak Performance Business Results Training. This is more than just an invitation. It's a gateway to unlocking your team's fullest potential. My journey has allowed me to work with esteemed organizations such as SoFi, the U.S. Army, University of Alabama, and Northwestern Medicine. One of the common threads they virtually all agreed on is that when it comes to success in business, 80% comes down to your mindset and 20% is the mechanics. We're now bringing this transformative philosophy directly to you. It's not just a training. It's the exact blueprint for your next monumental breakthrough. Don't let this chance slip by. The pathway to your success starts here with all the details just a click away in the links below. Join us and let's ascend to remarkable new heights together. And now please enjoy today's show with Evan Ryan. Welcome back to the Peak Humans podcast. I have an awesome guest here today. His name is Evan Ryan. Evan is the founder of Teammate AI, which is on a mission to automate 10 million human hours by 2030, enabling people to focus more on what on work that is uniquely human. Evan is also the co-founder of Lead AI, a company which uses AI to automatically write, edit, and publish newspaper articles, all without human intervention. Over the last five years, 700,000 published articles and a prestigious Lion Publishers Technology Innovation of the Year Award to its credits. Evan is also the author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, AI as Your Teammate, Electrify Growth Without Increasing Payroll. While growing his companies, Evan is a full-time traveler and digital nomad whose favorite places to live so far 
have been Edinburgh, Scotland, Lyon, France, Valencia, Spain, Mexico City, and the Thai Islands. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to uh, dig in more. Obviously, AI is a a, a trending topic, and it's only going to get more and more interesting as uh, time goes on, and we'll definitely dig into some of that. Um, But let's maybe start a little bit with your story and kind of how you got to where you are. I was listening to some of your podcasts with Dan over and Gord, 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 uh, I forget his last name. I apologize. But Gord Gord, Vickman. Gord Vickman, exactly. And uh, I was hearing some about your story about how you were planning to be a doctor and you you didn't know what you wanted to do. And then you transitioned and pivoted. So tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. So when I was in high school, I was really good at science and I wanted to help people. And so I went to college at Ohio State and naturally I decided I was going to go be a doctor. And I before classes even started, when I was a freshman at Ohio State, I started volunteering at a hospital. And I remember there was this day I was volunteering and I stood at the nurse's station for a second in kind of a free moment. And I looked around and they had these like really ugly drop ceilings with these low lights. Like it wasn't bright in the in the hospital. And they had these, these walls, which were gray with this like kind of weird maroon in there. And I, and I looked around, I paused and I saw nobody there was happy. Hmm. And so I, I decided that day, I'm not going to be a doctor. So I, I decided I'm gonna, I'm not going to be a doctor but I don't really know what I'm going to do yet. And I decided that if anything was going to help me out in, in my later years, it was going to be to learn how people operate. So I decided that I was going to study behavioral neuroscience, which is kind of the study of how humans operate, but through the lens of the brain and the nervous system and neurotransmitters and, and, and that kind of thing. And uh, it was really kind of quite fascinating because I was getting ready to graduate and I was looking at my guidance counselor's records of, of everything that, uh, that they had written in our meetings over the four years that I was at Ohio State. And um, it turned out that the day before my freshman year, the guidance counselor wrote a note that said, Evan is not going to be a doctor, but he doesn't know what he wants to do. So he's going to study behavioral neuroscience, which I guess isn't quite um, most people's pathways. Anyway, when I was a senior in college, I went to this technology conference where uh, in the opening keynote, Peter Diamandis, who's the founder of XPRIZE Foundation. He's written several number one best-selling books. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant entrepreneur. He gets on stage and he's, yeah, in Singularity. It was actually the first Singularity Global Summit. Oh, Um, I don't know if they still do it or not, but it was a global summit. And uh, and he gets on stage and he goes, uh, if you want to make a billion dollars, find a way to positively impact the lives of a billion people. I had never heard anything before like that in my entire life. So from there, my life was changed. I didn't know what I was going to do, but we we're going to figure out how we could do that. And it wasn't about making the money. It was about helping all the people. Mm-hmm. And so then the next day I go into this breakout session and, and it was all about AI. And they had this guy whose name is Jeremy Howard. And he at the time was the number one ranked researcher in AI. And he was talking about all the stuff that you could do back in 2016. We had a company that could better diagnose breast cancer from CT scans and MRIs than a team of board certified doctors. I thought, if this is what you can do in 2016, what are you going to be able to do in 2050? So I got back, I bought a used iPad because I was in college. I had no money as flat broke. 
I bought a used iPad. I downloaded a game made for preschoolers to teach them how to code. And I started teaching myself how to code right then and there. I had never written software before in my life. After that, I started the company um, and it where we really fell was, was using AI to automate the stuff that humans shouldn't be doing, um, I think. And you read this in my bio. I, I'm a full-time traveler and digital nomad. Um, a bit large part of my life is I like doing fun stuff and I don't like doing boring stuff. Yep. And so in my world, it was if I can automate everything that's boring, boy, my life is going to be really fun. And, and now we just so happen to do that for other people too. I love that. That's so cool. There's so many awesome pieces there. I, I just I love, the, I love the the ability to make decisions and move to the next thing. And just your you just yeah, just most people don't decide and go right. I love how you like have these moments in your life where you were sitting in that room. You're like, I'm not going to be a doctor, even though you didn't know yeah. what you wanted to do, right? And I, and I love that you were at Singular University, and you were inspired. You're like, oh, a billion people want to touch their lives. And you're like, how can I do that? What, what's the mindset behind that? Were you always that way or did, is there like an impetus for that? Or can you share with maybe your beliefs or your mindset around that? I feel like I've always been somebody who just kind of has a penchant for action. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they start companies because they're running away from something. Like either they worked for a bad boss and they never want to do that again, or they want to have more freedom. So they're running away from kind of the, the corporate life. Um, with me, I kind of fell into entrepreneurship. It wasn't that I really wanted to start a company in college and write and and go into it right out of college. It was that nobody would hire me. And so I was forced into it. But I think for me, I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. And then I knew I wanted to help a billion people. And then I knew I wanted to do AI. And, it, and the it always just seemed obvious. Of course, I would not go be a doctor after having this experience. Of course, after like after knowing the last four years, the previous six years, like knowing exactly, okay, I want to go help people. And I'm really good at this stuff, but I don't really know what I want to do. Great. Now I have a new mindset. It's like, it feels like almost I was always searching for these like little tools or these tips or these tricks. And then one all of a sudden one day I got that trick or I got that answer that I had been searching for. And it was great. Now I know exactly which direction to go. I may not know the end place, but I know I'm not going this other way. Yep. So would you say, is it safe to say that you want to help a billion people um, not free themselves up from boring stuff so they could be more creative? Well, so just- where we where we fall now is we fall in terms of number of hours that we want to automate. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly have kind of moonshots in my head on where I'd love to help a billion people. Um, but with, with teammate AI and with the stuff that we're doing right now, I, we really want to focus on just making people's lives more fun, more fulfilling, more creative and, and allowing businesses to push the ball forward without needing to hire more people to do boring work. Why don't we just, instead of having more people do more boring work, why don't we give the boring work to computers? And then we can have your existing team do really creative, fulfilling, strategic kind of client facing that to me is what makes a lot of sense. So um, I, there are a couple of ideas that I have that um, I would love to do to help a billion people. Where we're at right now is let's 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 start by automating 10 million hours yeah. and then we can kind of grow into that billion over time. Yep. And that'll have a massive ripple effect for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of like, how do you eat an elephant? It's like one yep. bite at a time. Yep. And I love how you have that. Uh, you're quantifying that too. That's awesome. Um what do you think about a lot of people 
have these fears about, again, AI, I don't believe it, right? But a lot of AI is going to take everybody's jobs, right? And I love how you said in the podcast when I was listening, you want to use AI to free people up so they could be more creative, kind of like you just said. So can you kind of give us, for the people that have fears and doubts about, oh my God, AI is going to like take jobs away or like people are going to be, become unemployed. What's your answer to that? Yeah. So imagine we go back to the 1950s. Yep. And we say that in 2023, we'll be able to be thousands of miles apart. We'll be able to do a phone call completely for free where we'll be able to record it and we'll be able to see each other. In the process of our being able to have that capability, all 1.5 million telephone switchboard operators will lose their jobs. Would you think that it's almost impossible to hire people right now? The answer is obviously no. Yep. Obviously, you would think that there's just massive technological unemployment taking place all over the place. And maybe I'll be wrong about this. And maybe AI really will take everybody's jobs. But we don't feel like that's that's probably going to happen. Our, our opinion is a little bit more that instead of AI being a competitor to, to employees, to team members inside of your organization, which is how it's built right now. If the AI comes in, it takes the it's going to take the job. It's a competition between the AI and the human. We feel like the AI is more a complement to the human. It's going to yeah. free that human up. It's it's yet another team member inside of the organization. Yeah. Um, another example of this exact same phenomenon is there used to be scribes. Like people used to handwrite books all the time. And then one day the printing press comes along. And so now you can have all sorts of books. And now thanks to technology and the internet and computers, you can have blogs and newsletters and podcasts and all sorts of stuff. But it used to be that scribes hand wrote every single book. Now the printing press didn't put the scribes out of business because we have more authors than ever before. So our, our opinion is that it's really just kind of a natural extension of the same technology and the same technological breakthroughs that we've been experiencing. It's probably not an entirely new revolution. Um, it, it's more just how are we using our computers in better ways? How are we using software in better ways to free us up to do more? Uh, a third one is now we have Excel. We don't need human computers. It's the exact same, or human calculators, it's the exact same phenomenon. It's just, what if we could take 10 or 20 or 30 hours of the week that you don't enjoy doing right now? And what if we could give that to the computer so that you can spend that 10 or 20 or 30 hours a week doing better, more fun, more fulfilling work? Yep, I agree for sure. I think it's definitely going to destroy a lot of jobs. It's also going to create a lot of jobs too. Right. right. Another simple example is social media, right? Nobody ever thought there'd be social media managers but now there's so many jobs just in social media, right? People making reels and TikTok stuff and all this crazy stuff. Um, so I agree for sure. I think it's going to free us up to be more creative, be more in our unique abilities, be more with people and do the things that uh, I don't think AI will um, ever replace the human touch from. So that's awesome. Very cool. Absolutely. Because we're humans. Like and humans yep. like doing business and they like working and interacting with other humans. Yep. Certainly there's an element of it that can go to the computers. Like there are a lot of times where I have to reach out to customer service. I don't want to chat on the phone. I just want to, I just want to get the answer. But in that, in every case, whether we're using AI to solve that problem or we're using AI to free up a human so that when I do need to call, I can get a human immediately. It's yeah. about creating a better customer experience or a better stakeholder experience through the process instead of just eliminating the human from the equation and assuming that they're redundant. Yep, absolutely. I love that. 
what is the what relationships do you see between uh, your study of neuroscience? You said neuroscience, right? I think it was. Yeah, neuroscience and uh, artificial intelligence. Um, it's a great question. Not a lot of people ask that. It, so the way that the brain is structured and the nervous system is structured is you've got all of these neurons and these neurons are basically like electrical wires and, and you have your thoughts and your feelings and the way that neurotransmitters like dopamine are, are released is based off of these electrical transactions. There are transactions that take place. There's all sorts of firing that goes on in your brain, electrical electricity, electricity, electricity. And that is really kind of atoms and elements. Mm, yep. And the way that AI works at kind of its most advanced level, which are deep neural networks, is it's a digital recreation of a physical brain. It's using bits and bytes to try to replace atoms and elements. And so where the AI fits into the neurosciences is we're real or where they're kind of like, they're really complementary. is the brain is the best ever piece of equipment at information processing for the amount of space that it takes up and the amount of energy that it uses. What if we could have computers that could process information that well? Well, what new breakthroughs would we be able to have? Yeah. Yeah. Does the brain, is the brain still better at processing information than AI is, a computer is? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Chat GPT is great, but it's not that great. Ah, because I, th- I feel like think something like DeepMind or just these crazy AI servers that Google and Microsoft or Facebook or whoever TikTok runs are just like these m- incredible computers that are worth like millions of human brains in one, but the brain is still like the most advanced machine then yeah yeah for for the size right so for the size but if you if you took the size of your brain and you put it into a data a data center it would take up one tiny little spot yeah amazon and facebook and google and apple have these giant data centers all over the world right so while a computer can store more information the processing power of the brain still hasn't been matched yeah that's cool i love it so on a relative basis it's still uh the most powerful. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also important to remember that we're talking about artificial intelligence here. So it is limited. We're not talking about artificial wisdom. We're not yeah. talking about artificial curiosity, right? Yep. We're not talking about artificial connection. It's just intelligence. And so when you combine all those things together, certainly the brain has a beat. Yeah. Cool. Um, what important, I see on your website, teammate AI, it's teammate.ai, right? For people that want to nope, check it. Teammateai.com. Teammateai.com. Uh, on your website, you also have coaching as an offer, yes. which I thought is awesome because I, I have a coaching business. Um, what is the importance of coaching uh, alongside AI? How do you guys do that? The biggest challenge, I think, that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners make is that they don't have a framework for thinking about AI as part of their strategy. Mm. And so again, it ends up what ends up happening is you end up absorbing the news or the media or what or TikToks or whatever YouTube videos, whatever yeah. it is that you see out there, and you start to think, oh, well, AI is a competitor to my business. And it's too advanced for me to understand. Therefore, I can't plan for it. 
And that is a really challenging, stressful, not peaceful place to be. And so where where our coaching comes in, in on one hand at the executive level is, first of all, how can you, any single business on the planet, use AI? Every single person can use AI to free up their team and to free up themselves to do better stuff. So how can this be part of your strategy? And then at the team level, how can we make it so that you feel comfortable experimenting with tools? How can we make it so that you feel comfortable allocating time and energy towards using automation, using computers better? How can we make you feel comfortable offloading some of the tasks that you're doing to the computer so that you can focus on these new things? And so together, we really end up building, I think, a great AI system for success heading into the future. Instead of it being this ethereal thing that's coming and and we don't really know how people are going to use it yet, but we're not going to be on the leading edge of it. All of a sudden, you can think about it. You can strategize for it. You can pay attention to it better. And you can frame the mindsets that hopefully stand the test of time so that no matter what the hot tool of the day is, you can figure out how does this work inside of our, inside of kind of our infinitely flexible strategy. Mm, I love that. That's so awesome. Um, and I love how you laid out in your book too. It's so simple and digestible and applicable and practical to like start taking the steps to actually start implementing these tools in your business. Um, for people that, th- th- what's the title of your book again? It's Teammate AI, right? Or AI, AI- is- AI as your teammate. AI yeah. as your teammate. There you go. Um, that's a great book. So people that want to start using AI in their business in simple, practical ways, you guys should definitely go check that out. And we'll have the links for all that stuff down below. What would you say is, uh, and I know obviously this is more in the book and uh, you do this with businesses, but what's like a simple maybe starting strategy or, or way to pe- for people to think about to actually start using AI in their business if they're not already doing it? Um, So I think the first is make a list of all of the pieces of software that you use in a day. So you use your Gmail and your Outlook and you use Google and you use ChatGPT and you use Excel and you use Slack and you use Zoom and you use all sorts of different apps. And so on the left side of a piece of paper, make a list of all the different apps and pieces of software that you use. Yep. And then on the right side, Put what you did before you had that piece of software. Because you had to do these things before you had the software. So what did you do before you had the software? Yep. And the hope would be that you can see that you're already using these pieces of technology already to make your life better, to save you time. It should be really clear. Like how much time are you saving by having these tools? How much time are you saving by not needing to go into the office two days a week and being able to do Zoom calls? How much better is your life because of the technology that you're using? Okay, so now that we've established that, then the second thing is simply keep track of everything that you do in a day. I think this is like really important. Most people have no idea how much stuff they do in a day, like sending emails, calendar invites, deleting stuff. Like even just dumb little things like that, th- those things really add up over time. And next to that task that you do, which should be 40, 50, 60 things long, mark on a scale of one to five, where five means that you love it and one means that you hate it and you never want to do it again, how much you like it. Mm. And then start by getting rid of the ones. 
I think one of the big challenges with AI and everybody kind of sees it, but I think that a lot of people don't have a, a language to be able to think about it is you see ChatGPT and people say you can write a book with ChatGPT or people say do all of your marketing copy with ChatGPT or you see MidJourney and Dolly and you see some of the AI video editing softwares out there. You see that Adobe has AI that can do some of your branding stuff. And everybody, I think, or a lot of people that are paying attention are kind of thinking, why are we automating the creative stuff? Yeah. When now we're just forcing humans to do more boring stuff. Well, what if we automated the boring stuff so that humans could spend more time on the creative stuff? Yeah. And usually the stuff that's ranked number one and number two on the activity log, which is your list of all the things that you do and how much you like or hate it. Usually those things that you hate the most are things that are really repetitive. They're really boring. The things that you absolutely want to get rid of. And from there, then you can start to do research. You can start to reach out to developers. You can start to reach out to companies like mine and, and start to say, okay, how are we going to get this off of our plates? Mm, I love that. I like how you said one people just doing an inventory of how much time they're already saving by using their current technologies because it's so true we don't realize it and we just kind of take it for granted so i think that's really awesome that you start with that oh yeah every single person in the world is using ai if you have a smartphone you're using ai yep yep absolutely and then i also thought it was really cool how you talked about um what was the last thing you just said uh i just lost my mind uh what were we just talking about right before this? You so said, about keeping the activity log and the stuff that you hate and oh, then no, identify the stuff that you hate first. Yeah, that's what you said. You said, um, it's. I agree. I didn't think of that until now because it's like, yeah, we should, which is what you're doing with your company, automate the boring stuff, but the human, we shouldn't use AI to, unless, we, unless it's fun for us, right? Maybe it is cool to... I've used uh, Mid Journey and like Dolly to make cool images, and it's like fun to be creative and like see what I could do with it. But I think it's a good point to like the copywriting and marketing and blog posts or whatever. Like maybe that doesn't necessarily need to be AI AI used for that to build that stuff. So I think that's a cool distinction. Yeah, why have AI use your blog post when you still have to manually up, update spreadsheets? Yeah. Like, why don't we have the AI do the spreadsheets and you do the writing? Yep. And I'm not saying that the AI tools that do blog posts, and I love playing with Dolly and with MidJourney as much as the next person. But like, let's make sure that we have our priorities straight for a second. We probably yep. shouldn't be going in and doing the same task every single week for a half hour while the AI is taking care of how our brand is going to evolve. Yeah, Right. We should be focused on the brand evolution and allow the AI to do that half hour Excel task. Yep. That's huge. I agree. I think that's really helpful. I think because it is definitely as if there was an in obviously we live in this technology age and, and before that was like the information age. There was an inundation inf inundation of information. And now it's kind of like this inundation of like optimization with AI and it's still for some reason like overwhelming for a lot of people, myself included. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a cool framework for how to think about using these tools uh, and makes it uh, simple, simplifies it a little bit. Yeah. And one of the questions that I get a lot is like, is okay, so I'm in accounting. How do I use AI? All yeah. I see is mid journey and chat GPT. It's like, well, 
that, that's a very small subset. But if we think about AI as just having computers do stuff that humans don't want to do anymore, it's a very, very different value proposition. Okay, so let's make sure that we understand what you're doing. Yep. Sure, sure, there's stuff that you don't want to do, but really, what is it? And then second of all, okay, it's probably not as complex as, as mid-journey is. So yep. how can we do it in a way that how can we do it in a way that saves you time, that increases your level of inner peace, that increases your trust in the system? Yep. So cool. Um how would you recommend to people to navigate all the kind of off-the-shelf cookie cutter AI? websites and softwares out there, right? There's this for your videos. There's this for your running ads, right? What, what would you say about that? Similar thing to what you said previously, or how would you approach that with people? Or um, So first, and I think, I think it's Steve Jobs said to start with the transformation that you want to see and then work backwards to the technology that you need to use in order to get there instead of starting with this really flashy new new technology and then trying to find a solution for it. Yeah. So I'd say first get really crystal clear on what you want in the future. And a lot of times for me, it's I want to do less boring stuff and more fun stuff. Or it's I have this huge bigger future, which is like automating 10 million human hours by 2030, right? We, of course, I have like big futures, big goals, billion people, all sorts of stuff. But also in my day to day, I like doing fun stuff and not doing boring stuff. So I would start with what that bigger future is. I don't want to do this task anymore. I don't want to do this project anymore. I don't want to do these things anymore. And then find a solution that you think might work and just ruthlessly experiment, sign up for it, see if it works. And if it doesn't, try a different one. Um, I think that tools come and go but the mindset of, okay, if I know what I want to get rid of, or if I know what I want to do more of, now I can go find tools that are going to help me. I think that's going to be where, where the success lives. Yeah. What's fun for you? I love to travel, um, travel full time. Um, and my lovely girlfriend and I, we live out of Airbnbs all over the world. Um, we flew in from Florida yesterday, uh, maybe 10 or 10 or 12 days ago, we were in London a few days before that we were in Spain and before that Italy, um, this year we've been on South America. We've been in Asia, both Northeast and Southeast. We've been in Europe, um, it's Latin America. It's been great. Um, so love to do that. I love to read. I love to write. I love to um, spend time having great conversations with really cool people. Um, I have more hobbies than I can count. Um, in business, my unique ability is, is helping kind of simplify things for people, just simplifying abstract concepts. And so I love problem solving. And, and I think most importantly in business, um, it's really fun for me to work with the great people that I get to work with. I think that we have a top-notch team and I'm really, really grateful for them. Mm, very cool. I love that. What's the mindset someone should have with AI? Begin with what you want to see in the future and then find the technology to make that happen. I think the more things change, the more they stay the same. And great companies grow because of their teamwork. 
So figure out what the future is. Determine what that teamwork needs to be. And then ultimately have technology do the rest. I love that. Similar to the Steve Jobs quote that you just said. Very cool. Awesome. I'm going to ask you a, a couple, a few rapid fire questions. So what's one of your favorite failures in life, Evan, or in business? I don't, I don't think about it much. Um, I mean, I, I, in life and in business, I feel like I get knocked down all the time, but I feel really fortunate to have, um, great people in my personal and in my professional life who, um, both look out for, um, look out for me and with, with my best interest in heart and they're really great people and then help resolve the situation when it, when it arises. So I, I don't know if I can come up with a specific example right now. That's okay. Cool. What's something you do to continue to grow? I think I'm thinking of that because you mentioned you have great people in your life and, and yeah, to me, that's like one of the most powerful ways to grow professionally and personally to like surround yourself with amazing people who you spend time with is who you become. So what's, so what are some approaches and strategies you like to do to, to keep growing in, in your life, business and personal? I write all the time. I write all the time. I keep a diary where I write almost every day. Um, I write blog posts. I write essays. I've written a book. Um, I find that for me, writing is um, the best way that I can get clarity of thought yeah. And once I have clarity of thought, then I can start kind of testing that message on, on the people that are closest to me, starting to kind of see, is this idea that I'm having right now that I'm mentally working through? Is this idea something that holds water? Is this something that, um, what are the holes in this idea? What are the things I need to be paying attention to? Um, and so, yes, I'm, I'm fortunate to be surrounded by great people. And I think for, for my kind of like peace and for my kind of sense of growth, mental clarity is, is the first big thing. Mm, very cool. Is writing something that you think you'll always do and something that AI will never replace for you? For me, absolutely. Cool. Um, because I find that, or I think that, I don't think that AI will ever replace great writing. Yeah. Um, I think that it will replace average writing and it's in the process of it. But I think that, Great writing, great writing is really great thinking. And a lot of times that's coming from new ideas and it's coming from new ways of piecing things together. Yeah. And so maybe the AI will save us from the average um, or maybe it'll just raise the bar for like the floor was like really terrible writing and now at least you have AI. Um, but I, I don't think that AI will will replace great writing. Awesome. Do you have any other rituals that you like to do? Do you like to meditate or do breath work or anything like that? Mm, I, I do meditate every once in a while. I also consider writing to be a meditation. Yeah. Um, I consider like walking. I do a lot of walking in all the various cities that we're in. Um, right. I consider walking quietly to be like a great kind of like physical meditation. I'd say I don't do any breath work. I haven't gotten on the 
cold plunge thing. Um, I used to do fasts. Like I used to do 24 hour fasts and 36 hour fasts. I don't really do that anymore. I try a lot of things and then there are only some of them that stick. Um, I do exercise almost every day, uh, you know, schedule permitting. Yeah. Um, and that's really great. That's a great way to ground the day. But I think between those two things and getting a solid night's sleep, I, I'd say that those are the kind of where I focus. Nice. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to live a, more of a digital nomadic lifestyle like you're able to do, where you're able to travel and still run a business and explore all these different cities? Um, just figure out how you can get your lifestyle to be one that's conducive to it. And all that means is be able to afford it. Um, even if you're somebody who it's not that expensive, first yep. of all, I think that life, life as a digital nomad, my guess is quite a bit cheaper than even life in Ohio. Um, I was stunned when I got back and I saw the prices in the United States. <laughs> um, like I was absolutely stunned. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's not really like an expense thing unless you have like a big, a big mortgage or like lots of loans, um, because it's much cheaper to live in other places. Uh, the biggest thing is that you have a remote job. Yeah. Like as long as you have a remote job and you don't have like anything major hanging over your head in your personal life, or I guess also in your professional life, you could probably make it work. I know that because I've met lots of digital nomads um, that are entrepreneurs, that are employees of big businesses, that are employees of startups or are partners or co-founders of startups. I've met them in, in Colombia and in Argentina, which is in the North American time zone. And I've met them in Thailand. Um, and I've met them in Japan and in Singapore. Um, and even folks that worked US nine to fives were able to spend a month or six weeks in Thailand and in Singapore where the time zone is so different. So I think really it's like set set your life up so that you have that flexibility, yep. both financially and within your personal life and within your professional life. And, and um, they'd be shocked at how easy and accessible it can become. Yep. What's one of your favorite things about traveling? Um, I heard somebody, I was at dinner in Mexico City and I was meeting some new people and they were just absolutely fascinating people. But um, the question that was asked to the table, maybe table of maybe 10 to 12 people was, what's the best thing about Mexico? Mm. And in the United States, um, of course, everybody knows Mexico for the beaches, but I also like the media is like not that kind to Mexico. And uh, and we were in Mexico City. We weren't really sure. It was our first time there. We weren't really sure how it was going to go. Of course, we'd heard what we heard on the news, but we also like had lots of friends that were like, this is like one of the best cities in the world. And so we showed up and we instantly fell in love. And so this question was posed like three weeks in or two weeks in, and it was, what's the best thing about Mexico City? And one person's answer was the Mexicans, <laughs> which I couldn't agree with more. Yeah, um, I think the best thing about about traveling all the time is just by is meeting great people and and um, spending time with them. Yep, it's so cool meeting different people with different belief systems and values and obviously experiences and, and cultural backgrounds. That's awesome. I just yeah, had some sure. Mexican chocolate last night at my friend's place uh, here in uh, San Juan. It was delicious. Oh yeah. I, I believe that they create, they invented chocolate. 
Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I guess um, maybe the Mayans, yeah. the Aztecs, or maybe somebody before that. I can't remember the exact history. My lovely girlfriend would know, but yeah. um, but yeah, I believe that they kind of like created it. Mm, cool, very cool. What's a get? What's a book that you gift to others most often? Two. Um, the first is the Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt. Uh huh. Um. And then the second is, so actually three. So uh, Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt, um, a book called Factfulness. And I can't remember the author right now, but Factfulness is a great book. Um, And then the third is A Carnival of Snackery by David Sedaris. He's this comedy writer. And this was his diary for like 20 years. It's great. It is so good. It's lighthearted. It's hysterically funny. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's a great book. You can That's pick okay. it up, you can pick it up, read it for an hour, put it down, leave it for 90 days, and then pick it back up. And it's like you never forgot. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Um, here's another question I have for you What's something that you believe that most people disagree with? Another great question. Um, yeah. I use ChatGPT for all these. No, I'm joking. I came up with nothing. I didn't use ChatGPT. I I think I've probably shared my fair share um, on this, and that that I think that AI is fundamentally a tool to help employees. I mean, it's not a competitor to them. Yeah. Um. That that's a really big one. Um. Also, uh, uh, you know, from the printing press to the industrial revolution to to the computer, to the internet, to the smartphone, like fundamentally I believe AI is an extension of that. Yep. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people think this is a completely new revolution. I think that it's, it's again, kind of the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how edgy this idea is, but I do fundamentally think that the world is better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's safer than it's ever been. I, one of the biggest kind of like learning outcomes that I've had since being a nomad and, and we've now been on, I've now been on every continent except for Antarctica is, um, is learning how like safe and kind and generous the world is. Uh, I really think that it's it's much better than it's ever been before. So I don't I don't know if that's an edgy idea, but it's certainly one that that I believe to be fundamentally true. And I think it's getting better at an exponential rate. Yep, I agree with you. I think it's edgy for the most people, though. I think most people would disagree with you and be like, "Oh my god," which is true because again, social media it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? It magnifies all the terrible things that are happening, unfortunately, in the world right now. But like factfulness is a great example there. Right? They, the guy, the author gives just straight up facts as to why the world is way better than it's ever been. Um, yeah. Another good book that I thought about when you said that was, um, have you read uh, The Rational Optimist by Matt Ridley? No, I've heard of it and it's been recommended, but I, it hasn't made its way up my list yet. Yeah, similar. He just talks about like, I like similar to what you were saying before, like when you use technology, notice how much time it's saving you. He's talking about like, when you're, you go in the, the king of Egypt, he had 468 people making of his dinner, which took X amount of man hours to make his dinner. 
and you get to walk into a, even if you're in New York city, like a middle, middle-class woman working at the job and you're working nine to six and you come at home at night after the, after work, you walk into a deli in New York city, which isn't, I lived in New York and it was where I had my first job and it wasn't the most glamorous lifestyle, but even still, it's like, you could walk into the deli and literally choose ham, fish, beef from, and fruits from all over the world. Like to be able to have that, the amount of manpower and hours and people involved to put that together for you is just incredible. Oh yeah. It's a banquet fit for Kings yep. every day when I go to the grocery store. Yep. It's wild, right? Yeah, and absolutely. And then that's so aligned with what you said though, right? Taking the moment to pause and notice how much time is being saved by the technology you're using when it's coming to your business. And also same within, uh, in our just regular lives, right? All the blessings, yeah. abundance that we do have in our lives too. There's a great quote from, uh, have you ever read the book Bumpers by Nick Peterson? No, and I've never even heard of this book. Oh, it's really good. You should check it out. I heard about it through Genius Network and, and Joe Polish. Yep. But he there's a question in there he says, which I loved. He's like, what, what bad things that, what can you appreciate about like, I'm saying, saying it wrong, but basically what can you appreciate about the bad things that didn't happen? Because people talk about, I don't, I don't believe yeah. that. oh, that's an example. Maybe some people disagree with because people don't notice. They just notice the bad things that happen when they happen. But a lot of times bad things don't happen. Yeah. Right? You never realize when you dodge the bullet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to even conceptualize a lot of those things because you don't have a framework for like thinking about what, what that alternative kind of like reality would have been, but yeah. How many bullets got dodged on the way that you're getting here? Yep. Exactly. Like, yeah, you might've taken a few strays, but it's probably not, it's probably not as bad as it could have been. Yep. Absolutely. All right. One last question before we start to wrap it up. What, what do you do to keep your mindset sharp and clear and, get through, move through fears or doubts? Is there anything you do to keep your mindset strong and resilient? I know you do the writing, which I'm sure definitely helps because I, I love to write too. And I tell my clients to do that. Yeah. Writing exercise and, and making sure I get eight hours of sleep. Um, yeah. My life got better when I stopped setting an alarm. Um, my life also got better when I stopped doing early morning meetings. Mm. Um, and, and I also don't do meetings on Mondays and Fridays ever. Yeah. And, um, and I find that allowing myself to sort of sink my teeth into, into special projects on those days makes it, um, makes it really kind of fun and fulfilling and, and pulls me out of kind of the ethereal kind of like CEO and founder mindset and puts me in back into like doing things and making things with my hands. Mm, I love that, man. That's so cool. I do the same thing on Mondays and Fridays. I like to keep them open without any scheduled calls just so for monday it's to get into the week and warm up a little bit and then friday it's nice to kind of just digest the week and, and prep for the next week and, and wind down mm -hmm. and also work on more creative projects and, and and build things amazing so people if they want to learn more about you or your company they can go to teammateai.com yep check out your book ai, yes. AI as your teammate right it's on amazon Yes, it's on Amazon and you can find it on the website as well. Um, I highly recommend teammateai.com. 
I highly recommend going to the resources page. Um, we've got tons and tons and tons of ways to get started with AI, to think about AI tools to help you through the journey. Um, I would definitely, definitely go there. Amazing. Cool. And then I'm going to let you wrap it up. But I just remembered here on my notes here, I have a question from somebody else that actually wanted me to ask you this. A lot of people get caught up in social media, right? Oh, I should be posting content. Like I got to keep up with the algorithms and what are your, what's your, do you have any coaching or advice or thoughts about how to use it as a tool or not use it? Or what are your thoughts on that? I'm not a marketing expert. Hmm. Um, I do social media the way that I want to. Yep. And I hope that it yields the results that I am desiring that it yields, which is I want to help people and frame people's mindsets around AI and yep. give them little tips and tricks. Yep. Um, so uh, in kind of the same vein as honesty is the best policy, it's, I just try to be authentic and and post stuff that I find interesting that I think that other people might find interesting. And and um, I hope that I don't spend too much time doing it because yeah. I don't want to like spend all my time doing it. But um, hopefully if if my intent is to be helpful and my intent is to spread a positive message, um, the right audience can find it and continue to engage. I love that. Awesome. So you use it to share your authentic self and with the intention of helping people and adding value. Um, but, and also you don't get too caught up into it as well. Right. Yeah. I, I very, I don't have social media on my phone. Um, yeah. I accept Instagram. I have Instagram on my phone, but that's a hundred percent personal. Um, like I don't do anything professional on, on Instagram. And so for everything else, it's, it's really just about, uh, trying to help people and take questions that I get asked that I think other people might have and, and answer them. Yep. I love that. That's awesome, Evan. Well, I'm going to let you leave a departing message to the, to the audience. What, what's, what are your final words or message you want to leave everybody off with? Uh, nothing profound. I think go get them. Um, good luck. And you're not behind. Yep. And you're not behind too. Yeah. You're not behind. Yep. And I would definitely add on, I love that you, you're such a great example of traveling and enjoying your life. Right. I think a lot of times we get a little serious about work and business and we forget to uh, enjoy life a little bit and see beautiful new places and meet uh, new people. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Evan, thank you so much for your time. It was great having you. Thanks for having me. We're grateful you joined us for today's episode. If you've gained value from our conversation, please pass it on and take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your support is crucial in helping us grow and connect with more individuals on the same journey as you. Don't miss out on our exclusive content. Subscribe to our newsletter for cutting-edge insights, proven tools, and strategies tailored for peak performance. Secure your free access with a simple click on the link below. It's been a pleasure to have you with us at the Peak Humans Podcast. Let this be a reminder that no summit is too distant if you persistently climb. Draw upon your untapped potential, aim for the highest of your dreams, and stride confidently towards your magnificence. Until our paths cross again, continue your ascent, Peak Humans. Stay empowered, remain resolute, and may each step you take lift you to greater heights. Farewell for now. <laughs>